Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man with high-performance executive success coach, Dan Pena. The only show where you ask and you get complete, no-holds-barred answers. Head on to www.askthe50billiondollarman.com to submit your questions. And now, your host, Dan Pena. Hi kids, uh, welcome to my uh, special uh, uh, for the um, year ending 2014. I'm going to discuss um, a number of uh, very uh, crucial items, um, not the least of which uh, are the uh, winners of the um, contest uh, that we've had going uh, most of this year uh, that based on the questions that you send me in. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do the same for next year, so keep sending the questions in. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, later on in this podcast. Um, the, um, I, I think it's important, to, with uh, 2015 rapidly approaching, that we not do what I would call fundamental review, but really talk about what the, the real crux of the basis of QLA methodology is and uh, remembering then I started QLA, QLA, which I didn't call it QLA at the time, for a very simple reason. I had no money. I had no money. Uh, and um, the, uh, so the whole basis and the whole, all the steps are based on how does a guy who wants to be moral, honest, ethical, etc., cetera, uh, you know, build a, a, a substantial wealth to fulfill his dream. And the, when I look back and I formulated this in 1993-ish uh, with uh, a couple of good friends of mine, we went back and we looked in retrospect, you know, what I had done and how I had done it and how the steps I actually took, and obviously, you're not maybe obvious to you, your first hundred million uh, is based on that. It tells you how I started and how I came up with various concepts like the dream team, uh, and success fees, uh, which we use even today. Um, and, but <clears throat> I came up with what I called uh, the five credos. And these were the five credos for success. Now, what do I mean by those five credos? And we're going to go through each one individually. And we're going to give some examples of it. But um, most great organizations have a mission statement. They have a, a theme. They have a mantra, etc. Uh, and uh, QLA's mantra is to get from A to B, from po not necessarily poverty, but from no wealth to super wealth in the shortest period of time. And uh, normally people think of that as a straight line, but it's not always a straight line because um, man plans and God laughs. Now, so I went back and I developed and I, and I put words to the thoughts I had at the time, and more importantly, I put words to the actual things that I did, and I developed the, the five credos of success, uh, which I've uh, pretty much lived my life by. And in fact, <clears throat> my children, uh, who are, are adults now, uh, age uh, 28, uh, 31, and almost 32, they would tell you we've heard about what they call the five credo crap since we were in our mommy's tummy. Uh, which is true because I've been I've been talking about this stuff, even though I didn't call it five credo, since uh, the children before they were born. Um, so five QLA credos for success. Number one, yesterday's dreams are today's realities. Okay, Dan, you know that kind of sounds like a cliche, but what do you mean? Well, 
the Castle Seminar, and the reason why the Castle Seminar is so damn important is it's, it's the perfect metaphor for yesterday's dreams or today's realities. And I tell everybody that goes there, I tell everybody at the, at the Castle, and that's why I believe it's so damn powerful, is that I dreamed of this as a goal in March, April, 1983, uh, and after reading the Rob Report, who had just come out, Rob Report is a magazine I, I recommend for all of you to get, um, and the, they, were, they had a section in the back where they had castles for sale, and I looked at castles on islands, so my goal was to have a castle on an island, and 17 months later, uh, that uh, goal was, um, came to fruition, and I moved into Guthrie Castle in August, uh, end of August 1983, 84, excuse me. Now, so yesterday's dreams, the dreams that you have here, and you do affirmations about, etc. that I've talked uh, through all these podcasts on, uh, can, uh, are t uh, can become today's realities. Uh, and uh, another way of saying it, or, you know, uh, today's dreams can be tomorrow's realities. But it's extremely powerful, it's extremely important to understand your dreams can come true. I've, had, I've done some other pretty spectacular things, and that's why uh, I think that I was coined here recently in the last year or so, the financial wizard or uh, financial magician. But the bottom line is, I believed in it, and I, that's all I, I ate, slept, I drank it, whatever, and, and that's all I thought about. And I started looking at castles, etc., as uh, those of you that have gone to the seminar and that have read the book and s read my uh, free content on my site, I started visiting castles before I could afford one, you know. Uh, I was looking at castles in, um, in uh, Thanksgiving in 1983. Um, but yesterday's dreams uh, are uh, today's realities. Number two, seeing dreams ahead. Well, Dan, what do you mean by that? That sounds kind of funky. Uh, well... When I talk about goal setting, when I talk about affirmations, I talk about you need to see yourself where you want to be. I saw myself at Guthrie Castle in today's, how I look today, not how I look from 5 or 10 or 20 years from now. Because your subconscious, it, it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you see yourself there when you've got gray hair, well, I've got gray hair now, but when I made this goal, I didn't have but a few gray hairs in my beard. Your subconscious tells yourself that you have plenty of time to do it. And, but so you see your dreams ahead, ahead in time now. You need to see yourself in that Ferrari. You need to see yourself in that big uh, $5 million house. You need to see yourself uh, practicing medicine successfully on uh, Madison Avenue. And here you might only be a, a junior in college, undergraduate school, and you haven't gone to medical school. Uh, you need to see yourself uh, dreams ahead. Number three, simulation. Practice within when you're without. Okay, now what the hell does that mean, Dan? Practice within when you're without. Now, I've already alluded to it a couple times. I said I went to visit castles before I could afford one. You've heard me say that I used to go to the Rolls-Royce dealers and sit and smell the leather and touch the mahogany on the dashboard. Uh, my wife and I, uh, back in the uh, early 70s, used to go to million-dollar houses uh, to see uh, what it was like and what, what they, uh, you know, so we, it became uh, self-fulfilling and it became uh, deja vu when we actually uh, moved into such a house. Uh, I tell the story that people used to say, when are your parents going to show up? 
because at that time I looked young. I know it's hard for you guys to believe that I looked young at one time, but I used to look young, and my wife didn't even look younger. Um, so uh, we were uh, simulating success. Like I ask, and I ask other uh, success coaches, personal development coaches, high-performance coaches, when was the last time you practiced being successful? When? Most can, can only answer the question, well, not recently. Well, I'm not interested in the other uh, coaches. I'm only interested in you guys because I want to pull as many of you across the goal line as I can to fulfill your dreams. So when was the last time you practiced being successful? Before you were successful. Now, I practice for every podcast. I practice for every appearance I make. I practice for an hour. For every hour I spend in this council seminar, I practice at least an hour before. I consider myself a consummate professional. Okay, if I'm still practicing, and I'm practicing so I can continue to be successful, and what should you be doing? Have any of you even practiced being successful? I mean, I tell you to buy clothes uh, so you, um, you uh, perception is reality, so you look more successful than you are. I tell you to join clubs. Uh, I'm still a proud member of uh, the Jonathan Club in, um, in uh, Los Angeles, which one of the, is the, one of the leading, used to be men's club, but now it's one of the leading membership clubs in, in the United States, arguably the world. I've been a member since 1981. Uh, you need to practice. You know, we used to take our children when they were younger, I mean young, adolescents, out to fancy restaurants for lunch after church on Sunday so they could learn how to use the silverware from the outside in and from the top down. They knew which glass to use, etc. They knew where to put their napkin and they were practicing. Uh, and unfortunately, I also used to make them get dressed up for, for dinner, which to this day they don't like putting tuxedos on because uh, of the uh, bad vibrations that they got from when they were little because they were forced to do it. But practice, uh, you know, uh, within when you're without. Number four, you need to act as if there are no limits to your abilities. And this is perhaps the second most crucial. How are you going to do that, Dan? Or how did, but I don't, I'm, I'm going to tell you how I did it. And, you know, modeling is one of the, the, the great forms uh, or methods to become successful. You model somebody that's already done it successfully. I always told people it was going to get done. I always told people, I trapped myself, so to speak, into performing. So there was no wiggle room to get out. Even if I wasn't sure that I could get it done, I always told people that I could get it done. And 99 times out of 100, I got it done. I am highly surprised when I don't do something successfully. I'm highly surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm mystified, actually, when I don't do something successfully. Because I am so used to success now, after 40 years, I'm, you know, as they would say in Britain, I'm gobsmacked when something doesn't work out and doesn't go my way. Uh, and it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you continue to tell your teams, we can do it, we can do it, we will do it, it's going to, be, it's going to come to fruition, guess what? They'll take your leadership and they'll get it done. The famous, uh, one of the famous lines that I gave uh, many years ago while being interviewed uh, by the Financial Times 
was, Mr. Pena, uh, 10,000 uh, U.S. energy companies have gone out of business. This is when oil went from $40 a barrel to down to 8 or $6 a barrel, depending on what indice you, uh, you, you used. Uh, and yet your company has grown so many, uh, so many uh, hundreds or thousands of percent. How is that possible? Uh, well, I, and I told her with a straight face, um, the board and I took the decision, and that's how you say it in Britain, we took the decision not to participate in the energy recession or depression, depending on from what your perspective was. We decided not to participate in it. What the fuck? Everybody else decided to participate, it, to pr participate in it, I should say. Okay. We act as if we had no limits to our abilities. I mean, earlier this year, I jumped, uh, bungee jumped in, uh, at age 68, hadn't had my 69th birthday, in uh, New Zealand, uh, when you know I've got an artificial hip, I've got a titanium shoulder, I've got all kinds of things that have been busted and broken on me from sporting accidents. But I, I decided to do it because I hadn't done anything uh, uh, risk-taking, so to speak, uh, in a while. Uh, so I decided to act as if I had no limits, no physical limits to my abilities. Now, I have very, very few mental limits to my abilities uh, because uh, I consider myself quite bright. But physically, at age almost 70 or at age almost 69 when I did that, I got plenty of things uh, that there should be limits to my abilities. I've told you the story, I believe, on podcasts. It was a very, very windy day. And I didn't go there to New Zealand to uh, bungee jump. And all the young kids were saying, hey, dude, I mean, uh, when the fucking wind going to stop? When are we going to do this shit, dude? And while they were all fucking around with a, uh, their finger up their asses, I jumped. Now, as far as I know, that day I was the only guy to jump. Because one of the things uh, that uh, when, when you have and you act as if you have no limits to your abilities, you always can take action and you take action now. And it gets back to what I say all the time, just fucking do it. Now the fifth and final credo is enthusiasm. It's the Greek god from within. If you don't act enthusiastic, if you don't sound fucking enthusiastic, you can't lead other people to be enthusiastic. And enthusiasm grows. Enthusiasm is infectious. And if you can be enthusiastic, or I should say, you have to be enthusiastic. QLA methodology will not work being middle of the road. QLA methodology only works if you're fucking enthusiastic. Now, if... You look back at the five credos then. One, yesterday's dreams are today's realities. Two, seeing dreams ahead. Three, simulation, meaning practice within when you're without. Four, act as if there's no limits to your abilities. And five, enthusiasm, which is, uh, means, it's the word that means Greek God from within. And I emphasize the God part, not so much the Greek part. But you think about all the high-performance people that you know you've read about, etc. And you think about how they act and what their actions are. You can go back and you can pinpoint almost all five of those five credos. But the last credo, enthusiasm, they all have enthusiasm in different ways. Bill Gates has enthusiasm in one way. Mr. Zuckerberg has enthusiasm in another way. Steve Ballmer, the former CEO of Microsoft 
is more at my end of the continuum vis-a-vis -vis enthusiasm. He jumps around, he swears a lot, uh, and he's a very charismatic guy. Uh, that's my end of the continuum. But there's different kinds of enthusiasm. There's the uh, General Patton kind of enthusiasm, like I, I consider I'm at that end of the continuum. And there's the statesman, Henry Kissinger kind of enthusiasm, which is more toned down and leveled out. Uh, so I hope I've made this clear now for the five credos of success. Uh, now, I'm often asked, uh, what is the one or two or three things that <clears throat> uh, differentiates you, Dan, from other people that aren't high performance? Or more importantly, and more specifically, you ask me, how are my mentees that have been the most successful uh, differentiated from the uh, mentees that perhaps aren't as successful. Well, you can go back to no limits to your abilities and enthusiasm for the five credos. And if you just want to go back to one, enthusiasm. They have more enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is infectious. When people come to the Castle Seminar, after the first and second day, they're infected with a dose of Dan. And that's why we have so many people come back for a second, third, fourth, and we've even had people come back six, seven, eight times. And we've got one um, a very successful mentee who's come back, I think, 11 or 12 times. Uh, and they come back to have another dose of Dan. They come back to have another dose of Dan because my enthusiasm is infectious. And the reason why we get so much done in the 12 months subsequent to the Castle Seminar, for those that attend the Castle Seminar and partake in the year-long mentor program that I do for free as, you know, uh, in addition to the, uh, the actual week-long seminar, is because I'm, I'm pumping them up. I'm also chastising them every week on the weekly reports and I'm also chastising them uh, and pumping them up on our uh, monthly conference calls. It's a great experience for me to look at all their faces on the conference call and to see how everyone reacts to somebody's success. And we don't just talk about successes because you're able to talk about it, interface with your, your batchmates or your classmates uh, and talk about whatever you want. And so when somebody says they fucked up or they made a mistake or they have a big, uh, you know, we got uh, a big four accounting firm on success fees or we got this high profile person to be the CFO or their chairman. I mean, I, I get off on seeing the faces on these guys. And more importantly, for the individuals that are partaking or participating in the year long program, they see that other people can do it. It's pretty fucking uh, monumental. And the manifestation of Joe Dokes and Sally Doofus seeing that Ed and Bill can do it is, well, shit. I'm just, I was smarter than them in the seminar. I asked better questions. I reacted better to Dan. I was better at role playing. How come I haven't fucking done it yet? And they have. So it becomes a very much a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you can tell which normally... The kids that are the most enthusiastic are the kids that prevail first. Um, hi, kids, again. Uh, as part of this um, 
year-end uh, special. Um, the, I am announcing, I'm, I'm pleased and I take great pleasure in announcing the winners of our uh, free uh, Guthrie Castle seminar contest. Uh, we announced it a number of months ago. We've had a lot of participation uh, and we're thankful for that. And uh, I want to first of all thank everybody that has participated. Of course, not everybody can be a winner. Uh, but uh, I'm going to read the questions that were the finalists. Uh, and um, the, um, we had uh, initially said that there was going to be uh, one winner, overall winner, that gets to come to the castle seminar on their own. Uh, they have to get to the castle, and then uh, the castle expense uh, is, is on us. Uh, and the... Uh, uh, and that's still the case. Uh, we had said that there was going to be uh, four runners-up. Um, we've slightly changed that, and there's going to be six runners-up. Uh, like I said, uh, man plans, God laughs, because uh, there were six uh, outstanding uh, runner-up questions. Uh, now, um, all these questions have been answered in uh, previous podcasts, uh, and uh, I know some of you have have uh, emailed and said, is this one of the ones, or, uh, or you've used it as a basis for a question that you put forward. Okay, let's uh, get started by reading the first uh, of the finalists, first of the seven. Uh, if 20 to 60% IRR, that's internal rate of return, is considered very good by private equity, how do entrepreneurs manage to parlay small businesses into multi-million and billion dollar enterprises in five to eight years, what do they do differently than the financiers of Wall Street? And whatever they do differently, why don't the Wall Streeters do the same? Great question, already been answered, uh, uh, but um, the, uh, it's, uh, it gives food for thought. Uh, but one of the keys to answering that question is that when you talk about 20 to 60% IRR, which 60% is pretty high, you gotta know that there are many companies, myself included, I had a, uh, a return of 55 million percent on $820, turning it into about 450 million. So, I mean, there are deals that really, you know, knock it out of the park. Uh, and so, but the average IRRs are a blend and in most uh, private equity f firms manage on a third, a third, and a third. A third will fail, a third will get just average returns, and a third will get you know, returns in the hundreds of percent. Uh, and when you blend that all together, uh, it's a 20 to 60% IRR. Uh, <clears throat> question number two. Dan, you clearly are about transforming the world through the lives of people you help and you teach some pretty amazing things. Uh, so my question is about what your wider legacy would be beyond those of those you have directly helped. And it is this, and it is this. If you were to wave the magic Pena wand and could have five of your most powerful ideas, concepts, or strategies taught in our school uh, systems to inspire and empower more of our kids to have some sort of impact on the world um, that you have, what would those five be? 
it's it's not simple. It sounds simple because I'm rolling. I'm about to roll it off my uh, my lips, um, but I would have them have it mandatory that they have to teach passion. They have to teach commitment, moral commitment. They have to teach laser beam focus. They have to teach enthusiasm. Uh, and they have to teach that not to dis be dissuaded by failure. Failures are good. Failures are just a step on the way to being a super successful, high-performance person. Those are the five. Uh, and uh, I've also answered this in a little more elaborate form uh, on a previous podcast. But it's a great question. But again, I don't want to be um, given too much credit, esoteric credit, uh, but I fully expect that uh, QLA will live on beyond me. Uh, and uh, that's why I've, the last, in recent years, I've given away my product. I tell people to, to go to Torrent, and I believe we even post this stuff on Torrent. Uh, and, um, but uh, anyway, if and when I go, I plan on not leaving this planet for uh, anytime soon. Those are the, the five most powerful. But there's a lot of powerful, but those, those are the, that's the essence. <clears throat> I like this question when I heard it. It came from uh, uh, one of our phonians. And um, I believe the guy's Irish. He has an Irish accent. And it's been answered. Are you a madman acting enlightened? Or are you an enlightened man acting mad? Um, I believe that um, I'm a, a madman acting enlightened. Although I've been accused of being an uh, enlightened man acting mad. But if acting uh, mad means uh, dispelling many of the myths that exist, uh, conventional wisdom and common consensus, etc., then I'm certainly mad, and I've been called a lot worse. Um, number four, doesn't the philosophy, the more you investigate, the less you have to invest, contradict with the philosophy of insanity, oh, excuse me, of instantly deciding on a deal whether it is hot or not? If one instantly evaluates a deal to be hot, shouldn't uh, you go forward with it irrespective of your investigation reveals? Great question, but no, the answer is no, because a deal's hot or not is what gets you to the first level of investigation. It doesn't give you, it doesn't give you tacit approval to just go and do the deal. So it's hot or not, you look at 10 deals, these three look hot, fine, I'll investigate them. Great question, though. Uh, let's see, uh, is this number five? Today is uh, your last day on Earth. You, uh, you're leaving uh, a manual for humanity about what to do, uh, to, do get, to get where you are today without incurring all the nightmares that took place. What are the three things uh, you would include? Uh, it's, you know, I tell you, number one, just fucking do it. That's, you know, but people don't like hearing that, so they ask me for three, and some people ask me. The previous question is the five things that I want to teach humanity, okay. Um, so I, I, I'd say, just fucking do it. And as Klauswitz said, 
who is a, a famous, uh, I think, uh, Prussian general, uh, the uh, focus on the few, not the many, uh, and uh, getting back to, uh, and part of that is to be uh, ferociously uh, laser beam focused. Uh, the, um, those are the three, and I've answered them on a previous podcast. Uh, uh, and the last question, um, um, or the penultimate question, I should say, uh, why don't these cunts ever ask questions? Which I think is a great question. And I've also alluded to this uh, on podcasts. I've also alluded to this uh, on um, uh, emails back in, uh, not emails, excuse me, newsletters back in, I believe, September. Oh, it seems a long, uh, long way away now. Uh, and they don't ask because uh, they've already given up. They don't really, they're not really serious about winning uh, or changing their lives. Uh, they l lack self-esteem or self-confidence because somebody's going to read their question and they think that they can't generate an intelligent question. Well, believe me, we've had plenty of questions that weren't so intelligent, and we still answered a lot of them. Uh, and there's been a lot of repetition, the questions that were asked, same question but just using different words, we didn't answer. Uh, but we've had, you know, hundreds of questions by this time uh, that we've answered. Uh, maybe even a thousand. I haven't kept track. But uh, why don't these cunts ever ask you questions? It gets back to their own passion. It gets back to their own commitment or the lack thereof. It gets back to them as individuals. They're just, ser they're not serious. You know, I I've said this, personal development uh, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, was Vogue. It's still Vogue. There's still a, guy, a lot of guys making a living off of selling you uh, seats and seminars, uh, putting your butts there, and uh, their product. But um, it's a good question, and it's, it's one of the finalists. Um, and uh, last but not least, um, what is the best advice you received uh, that you did not use at first. And I just mentioned it a couple of uh, questions ago. And it's um, the, uh, Mr. Pena, as Mr. Gratos used to tell me, focus on the few, not the many. And, and I give the example, he used to tell me, <clears throat> people tell you when you start to make wealth or start to create cash flow that you need to uh, diversify to spread your risk. He said, and he gave me a couple examples. Here we're sitting in the Olympic Tower, and this was back in the 1980-ish, uh, uh, and the, the building is only 40% um, full. We're 60% empty. We're right on Fifth Avenue. Hell, if we can't rent space on Fifth Avenue, who, where can we rent it? Um, but we built this building because we wanted to diversify. Uh, they, we started uh, Greek Airlines. And we ultimately had to give it back to uh, the Greek government because we didn't know how to run an airline. And we couldn't find the, the appropriate people to run it for us. And he gave me four or five other examples. And he says, but what we do well uh, is we uh, own, a, at that time, about 107 ships, if I remember correctly, a Panamanian uh, flag. Uh, and uh, we know how to run ships. All the ships, to the best of my knowledge, were debt-free. And we know how to do that. And every time we, now there's various ancillary or complementary or supplementary businesses to shipping, but whenever we get away from shipping, we step on our own deck uh, and focus on the few. 
uh, and not the many. And, um, and uh, we all are involved in too many things. Whenever I go into a business and when people come to the seminar and I see all the activities they're involved in, um, I know what at least one of their underlying problems is. They, they're, they're trying to do too much. You know, there was a study g given many uh, years ago um, and uh, in, in the military, uh, which of course I'm military trained and that's part of the reason I believe I'm successful, is because of that military training, is they say one average person can manage, deal with two or three things at once, two or three projects. I, uh, and I'd say 90% of the people watching this year-end special are involved in five to 10 things, sometimes 15 to 20 things. And you wonder why you're not more successful. Uh, and, but uh, the best advice you ever received that you did not find useful at first is uh, to focus on the few, not the many. And uh, Clausewitz, a, a, a famous Prussian um, general, uh, said that. And uh, I might add, uh, at least when I was still going through military training, some 45 plus years ago, uh, his theories were still being used at uh, infantry school where I went. I'm a proud graduate. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great, great uh, thing. Now, we've got seven finalists. And we're going to give six second places. The six second places are the first six that I mentioned. Uh, and they're all going to be able to have lunch with me and spend an afternoon with me uh, asking me questions, two or three hours, whatever it takes, uh, near where they live. And uh, you all see my schedule on, the, uh, on my website, danpena.com. Go there and make contact with Thelma, uh, one of my assistants, who handles my scheduling. And uh, I'll be more than happy to, to take the time. Lunch is on me. Uh, you have to get to the lunch. Uh, and uh, the, uh, I travel a lot, so this shouldn't be too difficult for the next uh, year. Now, our grand winner is number seven. What is the best advice you ever received that you did not find useful at first? Um, and uh, he uh, or she, I believe it's a he, uh, will uh, get a free council seminar uh, in 2015, uh, hopefully early in 2015. The only requirement is uh, he get to the castle. Uh, and everything else is on me, and uh, the uh, uh, and hopefully uh, he can schedule it uh, for himself early in the year. Um, I, I I enjoyed this contest. I enjoyed all the uh, people that have participated, and um, I, I hope and pray that now that we've given out seven awards, uh, one of which is the uh, Castle Seminar that we elicit more response from you guys. Uh, use the toll-free number. Um, send the questions in on the various uh, methods that we have on my site, the $50 billion man, etc. And I look forward to, uh, to doing uh, this again. If we get, I'm hoping that we get such grandiose uh, response that I can give out more than one Castle Seminar uh, this coming year. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, if the response is there, uh, I'd like to give one a quarter, uh, but only if the response is there. For me to do that, I need a lot more questions than we had in the past. Uh, 
and I would think, as I put in my newsletter, that since money seems to be an issue for many of you, they can't even make the PPP, Pena Payment Plan, that the opportunity for you as individuals to come to the council for free would be enough of an incentive if you're serious about your success, if you're serious about fulfilling your dreams. If you're not, then I understand. Most people that buy books, go to seminars, aren't serious. They're filling up void time. Uh, but for those of you that are serious, you've got an opportunity. And these seven winners um, are going to have their lives changed. Um, and if you don't think having lunch with me and spending an afternoon with me isn't going to change your life, you're <laughs> sadly mistaken. Uh, I have a 100% success rate at the seminar, and I have a almost that good success rate just from people meeting me for a couple hours and spending a couple hours. Uh, I look forward to seeing as many of you uh, that are QLA graduates uh, as I can at my 70th birthday, which is coming up August 10th, 2015. Uh, we're going to have some festivities before and after, not the least of which is a um, golf tournament. Uh, we should have some luminaries there, which it's uh, too soon for me to tell you who those luminaries are. Uh, the, uh, it's going to be, uh, as they say in Texas, it's going to be a shit kicker. And I'm looking forward to it, and it's a uh, black tie, sit-down dinner. Uh, and um, I, it's my way of thanking the QLA devotees and uh, mentees I've had over the last 20 years. Uh, I expect to see some people that I haven't seen in a long, long time. Uh, and uh, I expect that um, this person that is, um, just won the Castle Seminar um, will uh, be in attendance. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as you well know, uh, I'm uh, committed to pulling as many of you over the goal line in the years I have left to coach and mentor as I possibly can. Uh, happy New Year, happy holidays, happy New Year, and God bless and peace. This is AskThe50BillionDollarMan.com's official disclaimer. Comments, questions, and remarks made during any part of this podcast are intended to generate discussion and reflection, but are not legal, accounting, tax, investment, appraisal, medical, or other professional advice or instructions, or factual reporting, all of which are expressly disclaimed. Remember, investigate before you invest. We can't do that for you. You are solely responsible for your investigation, analysis, and decisions made with your independent professional advisors, familiar with your specific and verified facts, and current applicable laws and regulations. Reliance on this podcast, its contents, or its participants for any personal or business decision, including but not limited to legal, investment, or other financial decisions, is disclaimed. No comment, question, or remark, or other content shall be or be construed as an express or implied promise, undertaking contract or agreement, or a waiver of any part of this disclaimer or applicable laws. The owners and distributors disclaim any obligation to supplement, correct, or modify the content of any podcast. No content shall be deemed to encourage evasion or disobedience of any law 
or the submission to jurisdiction in any country. Reliance upon any facts assumed to be true for the podcast is disclaimed. Persons or entities referred to are fictional, and no depiction or reference to any person or entity is intended. Any seeming resemblance to an actual person or entity is entirely coincidental. All content is copyrighted and may not be used without written permission from Dan S. Pena, Sr.